0: What does trauma bonding, gaslighting, a rainbow baby, and recognizing true love all have in common? In case you're wondering, wait, 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 wait. Do you know where you are? Of course you do. If you're a subscriber, a supporter, a longtime friend, or an encourager, you know that you've chosen to watch life or listen forgive me watch or listen to life and fake chats and i am your host my name is joy those were all topics that were discussed as part of our last episode uh inspirational enlightening chat with our special guest louise who's a poet, a writer, a photographer. Well, our chat continues and Louise shares more life and more light from her story. Of course, you want to find out more. And if you didn't listen to part one, you can start off listening to part two. Be sure you go back to part one to get the entire story and a better picture. But this is Louise sharing the rest of her story. Friend, thank you for joining me. Let's get on with our chat. Welcome back, Louise. Let's continue with your story.
1: Thank you for having me back. <laughs> whereby, once you leave, I, you know, like you think that getting out is going to be the hard part, and it's just not staying out is the hard part, because it's, it's a genuine addiction. It works just the same as any other addiction, whereby when you're not getting that constant like adrenaline fluctuation, like your body physically cannot cope. And you need, you need that. Like you need, like I had a cancel a walk with a friend a little while ago and it really hit me. Like I'd see PTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder afterwards. And it's been a long time and I don't get triggered too often anymore. You know, it can be months, but I canceled a walk with a friend And he was really kind, really understanding. Absolutely, like, that's fine. And and that was triggering for me because I was just, I couldn't, like, logically in my mind, I knew that that was him behaving like a decent human being. But somehow I had a fight within myself. The fact that I have changed his plans and I am not being screamed at. I am not being yelled at. The world isn't ending. That means he doesn't care about me. And so it's really illogical, but it's that you know, like that is what trauma bonding does to you. And you don't, it is, a, it's just a full blown addiction. And you need that attention, even, even though it hurts, you you genuinely like, that's how they draw you in. That's why so many people never lose, like they never leave their abusers or they leave and they go back, which I did. um I was lucky I had done about six months of counseling every week um before I went back. And then I wasn't seeing my counselor anymore. And I did go back. But then at that point I began, it was like looking from outside my body and I could start seeing the things he was doing, like just a little bit clearer. And it didn't, I didn't stay for very long that time. Um, it was like about three months and I, and I, that was it. I drew my line in the sand then, and I was out and I was out for good, but for it, for a year, There was, I was constantly going. I was still sleeping with him. I would still do whatever he wanted. I would drop everything to make a cake for him to take into work, whatever it was, whatever he needed me, just living for the possibility that he might tell me I'd done a good job or say that he still loved me or whatever it was, even though I'd left him because I knew it was bad. It's just somewhere in between your, your gut and your head, there's kind of like a little connection that gets warped. And So that's trauma bonding. It is. It's not fun.
0: I commend you for looking for counselling, for pushing through, for not giving up, for finding encouragement in God's word.
1: I went to counselling to try and save my marriage. And I think it was only God's hand on me that guided me. We went initially for the assessment together to get couples counselling. and the thing with like narcissistic abusers especially is they have this way with words where they can say something that will sound wonderful to everybody else, but is meant to hurt you. And like, he was an absolute master of that. So of course he says all the things to the counselor because he knew it would get to me. And I snapped and then he said, oh, I'm not getting counseling with you. I don't want to see the same counselor. You need to work on yourself, You, but whatever. Which was him trying to hurt me. But ultimately- was absolutely God's hand over my life going, do you know what couples counseling is not the answer here? You do need your own counseling because that's how I'm going to reach you. And that's how I'm going to strengthen you. And that's how I'm going to give you purpose and ministry and bring you forward into what I have for you in this life. So that it's just a wonderful example of how something that in that instant, my husband intended to harm me, God turned it for good. And it's, but yeah, I absolutely, I think if I had just, gone to try and save myself not my marriage I don't think I'd have had the courage for that which is just mind-boggling but
0: yeah what you've described about trauma bonding there's so many different levels of it and you also mentioned just that gap between your heart and your head and isn't that so spiritual as well I think about the book of Hosea, where the Lord used as an example with this man constantly going after a wife who was constantly running away from him. And she seemed to have been so abused and messed up in her emotions that she couldn't recognize real love. Totally representing us as humans running away from the pure love of God. I only recently heard and learned the term. You referred to one of your babies as a rainbow baby. Could you please explain what that means?
1: I did. My lily is a rainbow baby. B is when you have a successful birth after a miscarriage or an infant loss. Um, as it comes back to nowhere, I guess. It's that rainbow coming after the storm. It's the fulfillment of a promise after everything had seemed lost. Um, yeah, and it's it's incredibly healing. Like infant loss is just at any stage is absolutely soul-destroying. And to to have at least, you know, like for all of the horrible traumatic things that came out of that relationship, there are two absolutely exceptional human beings that came out of it. And I wouldn't be where I was without them. I got pregnant with the second one very much by accident. Like Lily, I was pregnant the first time. Surprisingly, I didn't think I could get pregnant anymore. I'd had a lot of trouble. My insides are a mess. Um, And then I had lost a baby. And then so then I had you go on this roller coaster where you're like absolutely terrified of getting pregnant and desperately need to get pregnant all at the same time after you lose a baby. And eventually I had the courage not to panic and to actually just get pregnant. And then I was, I was incredibly lucky and I, you know, that pregnant was successful and I got my lily pops and then she was only 15 months old and I accidentally got pregnant again. I was terrified. Um, But from, I can look back and from that moment, I have been so desperately aware that God sent me that baby because he knew he would give me the strength to get where I needed to be. Uh, I think Asha's rejection of Zebedee to a certain degree really fueled my ability to stay strong and to to sort my life out um, and to get it together and to be there and to be everything I could and to do what was right by my children and make sure that they only ever knew what it felt like to be loved.
0: What an amazing result. There are seasons in life where we go through patches of just hard times, but God uses people to comfort us and to encourage us. And it saddened me when you said there was no one during that hard time um, from your church body that was there to uplift you. So rather than condemnation and some of the things we do, well-meaning but just way off base and not according to the word, what's a word that you can tell to the church, the body, the believers, to women, to men? What's something that a younger Louise could have benefited from or someone going through now? What can we do now? Moving forward, how can we help our neighbor? I
1: think that culturally the church is changing and it's getting so much better and people are becoming far more open. I think historically there has been this tendency in the church to present a front like, I'm you know, I'm a daughter of Christ, so I clearly have everything together and it's all perfect. So then when you come into that situation and you know like you are far from perfect and you do not have your life together you just feel judged and shameful and then you try to hide it. I think just all the women, you know, I don't, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm like pre-middle aged. I don't even know what camp I fall in right now. But the more it comes back to the Brené Brown quote, the more we share our stories, the less hold shame has over us. And that's true, not just for us, but for everybody. You know, most of those older women in church, they know what it feels like to get their heart broken. They know what it feels like to lose a child. They know like miscarriage is incredibly common. But when you have one for the first time, you feel so completely alone and devastated. And you're trying to figure out what you did wrong, and why it was your fault and what happened. And none of that's true, but you don't know that because you don't know that probably most of the other women in your church at some point have lost a baby and they have been through that. And I think just being genuinely, just being honest, don't pretend like we've got it together because nobody has ever had it together. There's not a person on the planet that hasn't had trauma in some kind. And I think it's just having the courage and the vulnerability to let God use your trauma to reach those that need it and not pretending that you've got it together. I think that's, that's the key in so much of things for I it could be it could literally be anything it could have nothing to do with anything I know anything about even I was on a podcast recently we were talking about menopause because it's something that people don't talk about and in my age group it's like this big terrifying thing that's ahead of you but realistically it's not that far ahead of you and we don't talk about it and so an important part of women's equality to actually just stop making things like menopause and periods and labor and childbirth like taboo subjects these are things that we should all know about they're all just normal natural things and we need to just talk about them and it takes the fear out of it and I think that's the key is any situation that is likely to hold fear and shame for a woman those are the ones that those that have gone before them should be talking about should be blazing a trail should be saying hey do you know what You're not the first. You won't be the last. But together, we're going to figure this out. You're going to be okay. I think that's the that's the key.
0: Yes, because we're all broken Mm -hmm. vessels, but for the amazing grace of God.
1: God, look at the Bible. Like when has God ever taken in the Bible a single person that had it all together and decided to use them? He didn't. David was like the biggest mess of a human being I have ever seen. Moses was a mess. Noah wasn't exactly on it. Like everybody, Ruth, Rahab, all the women you look at, people talk about, you know, like Ruth waiting for her Boaz. Like she wasn't waiting for her Boaz. She lived her best life, married to her husband and he died. She wasn't waiting on anybody. Like I think God's people, all the ones that he used that are speaking to us still today these were broken people that he uplifted because they were humble enough to let him
0: i have a friend who has said go ahead and start dancing you were preaching just now that's good that's good
1: (laughs) good. (laughs) i do like to preach i get a little bit get a little bit feisty sometimes
0: (laughs) this has been so good huh but because of time, I would love for us to wrap up because I promised my friends you sharing a couple of your poems with us, please.
1: The First one I want to read is kind of one of I came back to poetry after my second marriage. I just started it like just before I got into that relationship and then I lost myself so completely. And then when I came back to it, uh, this was one of the first ones that I wrote and I was. I remember I was coming back from Manchester, which is in the north of England, and I was sat on the train. Maybe I was even going. I don't know. That could be wrong. But I was sat on the train. And when I read back, and I didn't think anything of it, you know, I just was writing it down and I was moving the words about and just doing what you would normally do. But when I look at it now, it feels so completely like God is speaking to me through my own words. And I'm sure he must have fully been talking to me at the time. I just didn't realize because I was concentrating on making a poem but it feels it feels very prophetic to the point that I have come back to it recently actually and just going okay do you know what you've got me we're in this we're going somewhere I can't see the picture but I know that God does and I don't need to I just have to believe and I have to listen and when he nudges me I have to move so this is this is really over-the-top background information um but here we go so there's I know it's hard to imagine now, but someday you'll be the key and not the lock, the exception, not the rule. Someday you'll be a source of strength to others, even though today you feel so weak. You'll be a voice among the starlight and they will listen when you speak. I know it's hard to imagine now when you're feeling broken and so small, but someday you'll be a mountain and your pain will be worth it all. That's so
0: incredibly beautiful. Your over-the-top background information was a love message for someone listening because that's how the Holy Spirit does it. Thank you for sharing that, all of it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It was worth my rambling then. <laughs> um, I can read one more here, which now I feel like I should give the background again. Um, you know, it was more about where I was at. I wrote it more recently, but it was looking back on both my childhood and the falling apart of my first marriage and what that had meant for me, like how it affected my self-esteem. The ocean is still the ocean, whether it kisses the shoreline or not. The moon does not fall from the sky simply because it's time for the sun to shine. A mountain rises magnificent from the dust, whether anyone is climbing it or not. I do not stop being me an insatiable, inspired, beautiful mix of darkness and starlight filled with magic just because someone that should have loved me did not. And that just for me is, I think it's almost, it's almost a warning into just not leaning into another person for your, to support your self-esteem, for your validation. It's not, that I am enough. I may never be enough in and of myself, but in Christ, it's who I am in Christ. And in him, all things are made whole and perfect and beautiful and pure. And that is who I am as his daughter, as I walk, as I share. So that's...
0: That's beautiful. Amen. I've got nothing else to say. You are. You're perfect. You're beautiful. You're amazing. And you are complete in Christ Jesus. Louise, that's who you are because God said so. That's who I am. And friend, that's who you are, complete in Christ. Wasn't this amazing, amazing, beautiful young woman, daughter of the Most High God. Thank you for joining us. Come back now, we will be doing lessons four, five, and six from Rahab. You want to come back? You do. And thank you. Bring a friend, blessings, and peace.